Hi, this is Coach Brian Williams from Made to Change the World. So excited to be with you here today. We have a podcast and a very, very special guest who you may not know, but I know really well. It is my mentor who's going to be with us. So you get to hear from my mentor, Dennis, and uh, one of my very close friends and co-workers in Christ, uh, Camille. Camille, you want to say hi? Hello, hello, everyone. Awesome. So we're going to be here. We're going to spend a little bit of time with Dennis today. You get to learn a ton from him, as I've learned over the many years. Dennis, do you want to say hi and uh, introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dennis uh, Bingham. And as Brian said, uh, we've been friends for, oh, goodness, makes me feel like Methuselah. Um, <laughs> very good friends, and he's been a blessing to me, and um, I'm happy to be here with he and Camille today. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we can't wait. So um, you're in for a real treat and also some resources that you can use from Dennis. But, um, you know, we talk about changing the world because I really believe that God made each of us to change the world. And Dennis has. Dennis has in many ways. He's changed my world. And he's um, been a big influence to me, even since my early 20s. I remember I was, I had just moved to Florida, so I grew up in Ohio. I finally um, moved down to Florida where it was nice and sunny instead of cloudy all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know a lot of people, and I was starting to go through some struggles, and I didn't have anybody really clearly to lead me in God's way. And at the church I was going to, Dennis and I connected, and he said, do you want to start meeting for breakfast? And so we'd start meeting for breakfast continually and just talking about life. And Dennis would not only share with me things he's been through, but biblical ideas that would come to his mind of of what to share to help me through my struggles and the truth of God to help ground me in it. And it was a really tough time in my life that literally God put the man in my life that I needed to help me move forward in faith and in trust and in truth. Uh, Dennis, do you remember much about those days? I do. Good breakfast. I <laughs> 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 know a lot about Brian, and um, there was a bond that, that God made. And, uh, Brian's too old to be one of my boys because um, he's more like a kid brother, and um, he's important to me. He's important to my wife, Sue. Um, his wife, Claudia, and their little girl are very important to us, and we're just thankful that God has given us those kind of gifts. Mm. So we still get together. We still do breakfast uh, from time to time. I had migrated off to the west coast california so we didn't see each other for a while we talked by phone but we are back together in person which is a really cool thing and i'm very excited um so camille you're in for a treat today as we get to talk through this yeah i mean i always think that mentors are such a vital part of any person's life whether they're business mentors spiritual health um just being able to walk alongside someone who's been there done that um I, I want to say that I grew up around my mentor. So I was raised by my grandmother for the first 10 years of my life. My mom was a single mom, always working two jobs. And so I'm this little girl with a 60-year-old woman as my mentor, right? Just pouring her wisdom into me. And as a young person, obviously you don't realize it, but as I got older, I had insights and wisdom that there's no way a 10-year-old kid would have that. But I felt like I got to move through life much Uh, faster, if you will, as far as wisdom was concerned, because I had this mentor, right? We call it standing on the shoulders of giants. And so I'm really blessed that you brought Dennis onto the show today, your personal giant, that you got to sit on his shoulders in a way and 
he can help you walk through your faith. And I'm so curious to hear the story a little bit more because, you know, no coincidence, right? That the time you're struggling the most in your twenties, Brian, your faith and your life, maybe your identity as a young man, this older man, Dennis comes along and is like, Hey, we should have breakfast. Um, So I'm personally curious a little bit more about that story. Like what inspired you, if you can remember Dennis to just reach out um, to Brian and take time, right? I think one of the most precious things you have is time. You're a busy man. You've got a family. You've got, you're a pastor. Um, Do you remember why you reached out to Brian to ask him to breakfast? Well, let me just say something that you respond to something you said, because it really um, stirred me. Um, You said your grandmother was your mentor. Mm -hmm. Back in those days, I didn't consider myself a mentor to Brian. I was just his friend. We were were just friends. But in the process, I I didn't even realize that I was mentoring him. um, And uh, we just, for some reason, we would talk in the church and I, I guess I just said, why don't we just go to breakfast sometime? Well, that turned into a routine that I didn't know was going to happen. But it all comes from, from listening to that small voice of the Holy Spirit saying something to you. And it's some little thing like, hey, just ask this kid to go to breakfast. And it was, it was like a kid to me, um, just one of the young men in the church, and uh, that we had become friendly with each other. Um, and again, it's all along the way, it's just listening to the small voice of the Holy Spirit, guiding you and directing you and, and responding to what he's saying to you. And sometimes you don't even realize what's happening until it's happened. And that's what happened to me with a number of what I now call my boys. Um, and we'll get into that in a moment, but, uh, Brian and I just clicked, um, and I believe that's because uh, Holy Spirit said click, and we did. We both listened. Mm. That and Dennis thought, this guy really needs help. Like, I feel bad for him. <laughs> Somebody's got to help him. Let me try. <laughs> well, I related because I grew up ungodly thin, is what I call it. <laughs> Brian's always been a thin boy, whereas <laughs> stayed thin, I got fat. And... Um, <laughs> Not true. You are not fat, but uh, <laughs> yes, we were both pretty darn thin when we graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I just, you know, I needed to ask Dennis to come here because it helped change my world. And um, he walks very close with God and it's hard. And, and quite honestly, mentoring is not common these days. People are just busy and they don't even think to find somebody to help them or to help somebody else. And so I, I think what's really important with a mentor, first of all, is they walk close with God. So can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with God and why it's important to you, Dennis? Yes. Um, the Bible tells us very clearly that God wants relationship with us. That's why he created us. He wants to have relationship with us. And who doesn't want to be needed or wanted? Um, who doesn't want to be included in things? And that's what God does. He includes us in this ongoing existence. Um, now think about this. God wants me. God wants Brian. God wants Camille. Hmm. That's pretty profound. He wants us. We need to respond to that. And, and we do. That's what causes relationship with God. Now some people want to put God up on this huge high pedestal. And of course he does belong there. 
but they make him unreachable. Whereas he wants to just embrace us with his arms. That's how close he wants to be to us. We need to respond to that. Some people are afraid to do that because they think they're not worthy. But that's mm. not that's not what God thinks. Talk about that, Dennis, about feeling unworthy versus what, what God thinks. Well, that's a problem, feeling unworthy, because it's a, it's a ploy of the enemy, and he's really good at it. Mm. Um, I grew up thinking that I was nothing. Mm. I grew up a street kid in Detroit, Michigan. Um, people are, are that know me now and have known me just the last number of years are just stunned and, and can't believe that I was a kid that grew up on the streets and on the wrong side of the tracks, literally <laughs> on the, the tracks because we lived in a bad, bad neighborhood. And um, because I was just one of five kids in our family, um, all scraping to get by and um, uh, just had all the issues that a kid can have very typical, you know, I was, like I said, I was so skinny, a six foot two and weighed 130 some pounds. It was so thin, wore glasses. We were, we were, I say poor, but nowadays I wouldn't say that, but I had wore glasses that were taped up, up in the corner because we couldn't afford to buy new ones. And it was the, those kind of things that made me feel a, a, a real lacking of self-worth. And that's, that's not just special for me. That's the way a lot of kids are um, based on their own circumstances. And the enemy uses that against us and plays with our mind and says, who do you think you are? You're a nobody. You're not going to amount to anything. Look where you live. Look how you have to live. And, and with kids, I mean, kids or adults, but especially with kids, you know, they don't know any better. Um, unless they somehow get get linked in with God in a very personal way and act like they want to know what he thinks and what he has to say. And, and fortunately for me, um, I, I grew up in, in a home where my mother was very um, in tune with the Lord. My dad was not at all, but my mother was, and she made sure that her kids were. Mm. And, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but the enemy plays that, that you're a nobody game, and he does it very well. We, we've got to stop listening. Yeah. And God says, you're everything to me. Yes. And I want relationship with you. That's mm. what he said. Mm. You know, and that's and it, interesting because... Sure, God, God doesn't want anything to do with you. Well, yes, he does. Mm. And you need to tell him that. Hmm. I was thinking as you were talking, Dennis, about how, you know, for me growing up, I think I didn't start to feel worthy until I really started to read the word of God myself and develop that relationship there. Because for a long time, I just kind of grew up in the church telling me, um, you know, how I'm supposed to be in relationship with God, more through religion and practices and rituals versus actually reading the word. And while that can set a good foundation when you're young, you know, you're beating your chest saying, you know, I'm not worthy to receive you. I'm not worthy to receive you. And that's one of the things you recite over and over. And if you don't understand that that's a place of humility, rather than thinking less of yourself, because that's where I got confused. I was like, oh, well, then I'm not worthy. Because I literally would just say those words over and over. And so I was like, oh, well, then I'll never be worthy 
for Christ and thinking that that was a point of value, like, oh, I'm, you know, virtuous because I make myself small. And then that's where the enemy, I think, starts to twist it because he takes something that, you know, God did say live in humility. But I realized much later on after reading the word, humility was not thinking less of who God made me to be, but rather thinking of myself less so that I could think more of God. Very different. I wasn't supposed to make myself this horrible small person because I was made in the Imago Dei image of God. Like I didn't know that. I was like, oh, I get it now. And I didn't realize saying I'm not worthy wasn't about you suck. <laughs> You're a bad person. God designed you horribly. It was just, let's not keep thinking about Camille. Let's think about what is God's desire in my life and how can I show up for my brothers and sisters? And that religion is really, as Jesus said in the scripture, about going out there, helping the widow, the poor, the orphaned, the foreigner. That's religion. Like if you really want to go and practice religion, then go help the people who need to be helped, which requires humility. But realizing who I'm made in Christ, that I have the ability to help these people. That yeah, I carry the Holy Spirit within me so I can bring this goodness and this love to other people. Where I think it's some people don't realize like how powerful they are on the inside. Like Christ's love lives within you if you would allow yourself to receive it. Um, and that was only through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so it took me a long time. I mean, I'm not that old. I may look very young, but I'm an 80-year-old woman on the inside. Um, <laughs> But to the point, worthiness is a difficult thing. And I'm glad that you expanded on it, Dennis, because I think it's hard, right, Brian, for a lot of people to feel like they're worthy of God's love because they messed up so many times or they didn't grow up in an environment where they had a good relationship with God. God was this judger, this horrible person. He's mean. Um, he's just going to punish me. So no one even wants to have a relationship with him. Right. And, and it's and humility um, is not... Let's let's beat down Dennis or Brian or Camille. It's it's lifting God up and allowing Him, mm. allowing Him to have control in our lives and utilize us for His honor and glory, not mine. Mm. I love that. Amen. Well, it's interesting too. You talk about you know all how we can feel so less, and so Dennis wrote his book, really great book, All the King's Boys, and it talks about. 12 different guys, actually a couple more, because I'm one of the one of the one of the first before the even 12 in there that he yeah, helped were, find. Well, go ahead, you Dennis. Too, you were too old to be a son. You're just <laughs> true. 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 Uh, so these are all of Dennis's boys, his sons, but um, came from so many different backgrounds and situations, some in really tough spots. And and having probably no confidence and having a godly person in our life to say, here's what really confidence is. Here's who God is. And here's what that means for the rest of your life. And so can you tell us a little bit about the book, Dennis? Well, um, I wrote the book. I was actually inspired to write the book from your book, um, mm -hmm. Aid to Change the World. Um, Brian had sent me um, his first few chapters to read and tell him what I thought. And I read it and it really provoked me to think about my own life. I had just recently, this was back in 2019, recently had a heart attack, which totally took me by surprise. I had no symptoms of any heart problems. Um, and they told me I came within 20 minutes of dying. Um, and now I'm reading your book, 
made to change the world. And it made me start thinking, what am I doing? What's going on in, in my life? I'm just kind of sitting around right now because I'm, I'm a little fearful to do anything anymore because of this heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so I started just praying, saying, God, what are you wanting me to do? What are you wanting me to do? And it's the funniest thing. What came into my mind, I never in my life even thought about writing a book. Never wanted to, never thought about doing it. And all of a sudden I thought, if I wrote a book, I could call it All the King's Boys and write about my boys. And it has, the, the word king has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with one, all of my boys are Christ followers. That mm-hmm. makes them king's boy. Um, and I thought, wait a book, huh? And the more I thought about it and prayed about it, I started writing things down, things that I had experienced, things that I read about in, in other, other books in my reading. As you can see, I have a lot of reading. Um, and I started writing this book about my boys. Actually, the first part of the book is, is all about my life experiences because we all have life experiences and we may not think they're important or worthwhile, but somebody else might. And I have found in my own experience that something that happened in my life that I got through and didn't think much more about, I end up sharing with somebody else and they look at me like, oh, that's just exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm thinking, wow, really? <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was that important. But what I, what I have told people is, don't ever, ever, ever underestimate your own life experiences and, and in sharing them with other people because I can't tell you how profoundly good it makes me feel when I'm sharing something with somebody and their face just lights up like, that's exactly what I'm, I'm going through. That's exactly what I needed to hear. And, and you think, oh, great, God used me to help somebody else. And, and, and their face lights up and then yours lights up. And it, it, it's a great thing. But again, I, I, I keep talking about how the enemy uses things against us. Uh, so many things that I went through, I thought, really? That's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Who's going to care about that? Well, somebody does care about that. God cares about it more than anybody. But when you're sharing, you, people will start relating to you and listen to you so much more when they hear that, oh, you've been through this. You have been through what I'm going through. Maybe I should listen. Maybe he can help, say something to help me. And then God and the Holy Spirit takes over, just takes over. And, and you let him, you let him, and you do your best not to get in the way. Mm. Boy, what a powerful thing. We can get in the way, can't we? Yes, we can. <laughs> and Dennis, I know the book is called All the King's Boys, but would this be something helpful for women to read as well? Absolutely. In fact, I say in the book um, a couple times, just say, now, this book could easily have been, been written by a woman who, who has experienced mentoring, and, and the title would be All the King's Girls. Um, mm. Very easily. It's, I called it the boys because that's my experience. That's who, who um, I had experienced mentoring and in, encouraging. Do I ever encourage women? Absolutely, I do. Do I mentor women? No, I don't. And the reason for that is because um, I think it's important that we were careful, especially in the society we live in today. Um, I think it's better to have men with men and women with women. Um, 
I'm not saying that you should never give an encouraging word to the opposite sex because most definitely you, you should, but in a close personal relationship, too many pitfalls there. Um, and uh, it, it's better to, to just steer clear and um, find somebody. If, if you, if, if, as a man, if I find a lady or a girl that need, needs help and needs um, uh, somebody in, speaking truth into her life, I'll find another lady that I have confidence in and say, could you pray about doing this? Mm-hmm. And then let the Holy Spirit take over. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I do find a lot of value where I see um, people of the same, let's say masculine, uh, mentoring the masculine and women, the feminine, mentoring the feminine because they understand the experience so I much mean, more. Yes. Uh, I, 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 there's no way I would begin to even try to make you think that I understand. <laughs> The makings of the female. <laughs> yeah, the same thing for women with men. You know? Yeah. Oh, what a Neanderthal little thing, you know. <laughs> sometimes they're right, but um, fortunately, my wife and I get along very well. We're coming up on forty-one years next week. Yeah. Amazing. And we were old by the time I got married. <laughs> I married a widow of all things. Mm. And um, she had been widowed for 10 years when we met, and I had never been married. Um, and, well, I, I talk about it in the book. You'll have to read it. It's an interesting story. Good yep. trailer. And they're just such a great, I know them both extremely well, and they're great mentors for marriage, too, because hmm. they've been through a lot, and they stuck through a lot. Um, and reading this book, you know, I've known Dennis for 25 years. I learned a bunch of things I didn't know. But what is really cool, they're, they're small, easy to read chapters, but there's always a takeaway. Every chapter, it like hits you right right between the eyes to say, here's something big to use for your life. Um, what would you say, Dennis, or a couple of the big takeaways from your book? Well, um, probably the fact that stuff happens in everybody's life. Things happen. People get disappointed. They have challenges. And they, they need some encouragement. Um, I mentioned in the book that I had mentoring relationships with some people and others. Um, it, it tended to be, more, rather than mentoring, more of an encouragement. There's one gentleman. He's probably my oldest kid. He has eight kids. So that tell you, tells you he's been around a while. Um, and he's Nigerian. He's from Nigeria, but um, been here in the United States for a number of years. But I found myself in an encouraging relationship with him, which turned out to be extremely important in his life. Um, he'd been around a lot and had a lot of great experience in his own life. Um, so it wasn't as much of, of a mentoring thing as it was an encouraging thing. And uh, there were times when thought came to my mind, you need to give Shola a call. And um, I can either accept that or reject it and put it aside. Mm-hmm. Who, who loses out there? We both did. And in the process, just an encouraging word, picking up the phone and saying, hey, how are you doing today? And somebody knowing that you care enough about them. Mm-hmm. You care enough to pick up the phone and make a simple phone call. Mm-hmm. Even in the middle of your day, just take two minutes. Say, how are you doing? Oh, really? Well, let's, let's get together later after work and, and even by phone and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes all the difference in the world because it gets somebody through that crisis moment. It gets someone through that bad moment, that sad yeah. moment. And 
they know that you care enough about them to make the call. Mm. Big difference in somebody's life that, that you think is insignificant, but isn't. Mm. We get so tangled up in ourselves. We don't think about the other person. And when we help others, it actually helps us in the process. Yeah. Yes. Also, uh, one of the big takeaways um, is the fact that I put one of my most favorite scriptures. In fact, I'm, I'm just going to read it to you because it's in this particular version, it's really good. It's Jeremiah um, 29 11. I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. One of my favorite verses. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Oh my goodness. Who doesn't want that message from God? And who yeah. doesn't? that sometimes we all have needed that and yeah. god has a plan for you you have no idea how many times that i've had to go to god in prayer and say okay god i know your word says you've got a plan for me i don't see how this is going to work out uh in your plan but i trust you i trust you enough that you will see me through this because you have a plan so many times, I even mentioned in the book, when I was a kid, I didn't have friends. I didn't have any friends because I was so withdrawn. I was skinny. I wore glasses, taped glasses, and, and um, I was shy, so shy. And, and so I just didn't have any friends, and I desperately wanted friends. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, you want friends? Be friendly. I thought, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you know what you're talking to here? I can't, I can't go off and talk people and um but i couldn't get away from that so i thought okay god i'm going to be friendly but i gotta have your help you've got to help me because i can't do this on my own and he led me to the most popular kid in the school and i picked him for all the wrong reasons he was my age he lived on my street went to we went to the same school and he was in my class but he was the popular kid I was the one that nobody talked to because I wouldn't talk to them. And I thought, okay, you want me to be friends with this guy, Mr. Popular? Okay, you're going to have to do it because I don't think I can. And all I did was start talking to him when I saw him. I saw him on the street. I spoke to him. I saw him in school. We became such good friends that I went from having no friends to a huge abundance of friends because he was so good. Everybody wanted to be his friend. And when we graduated ninth grade, uh, back in those days, that was called junior high, um, he asked me to be his campaign manager for class president. And <laughs> I went from having no friends and being quiet and withdrawn to being very included. Let's say it, put it that way. I was included simply because God had a plan for me. And that plan included the most popular kid in school. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? As in my state, I thought that was nuts. Like, really? I'm going to talk to that guy? He has all kinds of friends. He's not going to be bothered by me. But that wasn't true. God had a plan. Hmm. You know, what I don't want anybody to miss here is multiple times you said this. You said, God put this on your heart. And you said, I don't know how to do this. But you just got to show me. And you just do it. Oh, yeah. I've known you for a long time. And that's a big difference with a lot of Christians don't do. Like, you say, well, I don't know how to do it. I'm not going to do it. And it doesn't matter if you know how. You just start doing it, and God will show you how to do it. You know, Dennis, uh, going from no friend, right before he retired, 
he was going to Haiti and Cuba and all these different countries, literally evangelizing in other languages. And all these people would come to him and just be completely attracted to him. So yeah, we had, uh, well, let me say one more thing before I re remark about that. Um, and I think Camille mentioned this a little earlier. One of the other big takeaways is that um, according to scripture, we are God's masterpiece. Mm -hmm. We are his masterpiece. Nobody who belongs to God, nobody, nobody who belongs to Jesus should ever think they're a nobody or they're a secondhand citizen because they're not everybody in God's eyes is a masterpiece. And we need to stop listening to the lie from the enemy that tries to make you think you're a nobody, that mm -hmm. you can't accomplish anything because you can, you can. Oh, look at this, this kid from the streets of Detroit sitting here talking to two important people. Who would have ever thought that? I wouldn't have, no. Um, you, you, what, what were you talking about? <laughs> How you uh, ended up ministering to all these people in all these foreign countries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as the missions pastor, I became a missions pastor at our church. I didn't, didn't like the missions when I was a kid. A missionary would come to our church and I'd be bored to death because they were talking about all their <laughs> slides and their little trinkets. And I didn't give, give a hoot about any of them. And so I didn't like missions. And here I was the, the church administrator because my degree was in accounting from the University of South Florida. And um, I became a corporate controller as well as um, a church administrator in, very, in two very large churches. And the pastor came to me one day and says, Dennis, I want you to uh, think about taking over the missions uh, ministry of our church. And I thought, really? <laughs> do you know me? I, I don't like missions. Why would I do that? But... Um, Again, so extremely important to take things to God in prayer before you make decisions. Mm -hmm. And I did, and I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to do this, God, you're gonna have to help me because I, I don't know much about missions. And in the process, um, I not only loved, learned to love missions, but I got birth a thought in my mind um, in our church to develop international satellites which we did. And I ended up, like you were talking about, establishing eight different satellite churches in eight different foreign countries, most of them in the Caribbean, um, not on purpose, that just kind of happened that way, the Caribbean and South America. And um, all the amazing, amazing people that I met in all of those countries and worked with in all of those countries. And um, I mentioned in the book that, that um, I don't speak Spanish, but I had churches, like I said, in South America and all those Hispanic countries in the, in the Caribbean. Um, I have four Hispanic sons, um, Roberto here in, in the United States. He's originally from Cuba, um, two that still live in Cuba and one, actually two more, five of them, one in Guatemala and one in El Salvador. Um, they're just boys to me. They're my boys. Mm. I feel like, you know, through this discussion, and you never know where guys are going to leave, but number one, everybody's got to realize you, you are a masterpiece. Mm. Don't limit yourself. Don't feel like you're a zero. Number two, say yes. And that's what Dennis has taught me a ton. If God calls you to do something, even though you might be scared of that, say yes and let him show you what's next. Yeah. And then I think number three, Dennis, maybe you can answer this. 
if you're looking for a mentor, what do you look for? And if you're going to be a mentor, how, how, do, you, how do you mentor? What's a couple of key points? The most important thing is to first seek the direction of the Holy Spirit and then follow him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to guide and direct you. He's going to tell you what you need to do. Who, I mean, it's just like one of my boys came up to me. He used to drive me nuts. Um, he was a youth intern and I was the church administrator and he would do crazy things that just made me crazy, insane. Um, and one night he comes up to me at the end, end of the, the service at church and says, oh, Pastor Jones, I want to ask you a question. You don't have to give me an answer. You can pray about it. And I said, okay. And he just, he asked me this question and just dumbfounded me. He said, I want you to consider being my mentor. Well, this kid drove me crazy. Just drove me crazy. <laughs> Uh, with his his immaturity, but I did recognize even at that time that there was something in this boy. I call him a boy. He's a grown man. Has four kids now, <laughs> but um, I, I recognized something in him that he was truly seeking after God, and it was important that he have him in his life. And when he asked me that, it just blew me away because I didn't expect it. I wasn't expecting it from him, and um, uh, I said to him. He says, you can just pray about it. You can just pray about it. I think he thought I was just going to say flat no, because he knew what, how our relationship was up to that point. And, and I, I just looked at him and I said, I said, Daniel, normally it's extremely important that you take things to God in prayer and seek his direction in, in, in just about everything. I said, but there are rare moments where the Holy Spirit quickens you because it's important. And it quickens you with a response. And this is one of those moments, yes, I will mentor you. With that, he just went off on his way, very happy. And I stood there dumbfounded, like, what have I done? What have I done? This kid drives me nuts. But he became one of my boys that I loved dearly. He asked my wife and I to to represent his parents in his wedding. And then then he got up and you're going to make me cry. <laughs> That's good. That's a good sign. His reception and starts making this impassioned speech. And halfway through, I looked at my wife and I said, I think he's talking about me. And he was. He was. He said, I'm glad God, at the end, he said, I'm glad God put you in my life to help me become a man. Mm. And, and I, I just bawled. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, and, and this kid was a kid that drove me nuts. And now he's a young man. And to this day, he came to our house just recently. He's got four kids. He and his wife have four kids. And um, he, he, he works in, in um, help, mental health care, helping, mm. helping kids. Mm. Uh, and I look at him and I think, God, what a tremendous job you did with this guy. Mm. Thank you. God used you to help, Dennis. Yeah. Well, what can I say? <laughs> well, you can say where to get this book and maybe a way to reach you. Where where can people get this? Well, it's on Amazon, Amazon.com. It's important that you put the apostrophe in the Kings, Board Kings, and it's important that you put by our period, Dennis Bingham. Because if you just put Dennis Bingham, you, you won't find it. Yeah, my first name starts with an R, and I'm not going to share that with you because I hate it. <laughs> don't laugh. I know you know what it is, but <laughs> um, 
but that is my name. Um, and all of my army friends know, know me by my first name. Um, I was in the military. Um, nothing interesting. It's in the book. You'll have to read it. But uh, so I put that initial so they wouldn't wonder who's Dennis. But that's what I was always called. That's what everybody, most everybody knows me as R. Dennis. You know. And it's, it's, I made it dirt cheap because I wasn't looking to make money. I just wanted to help people mm. um, and encourage people. There's so many people that need encouragement and they don't seem to have a place to go. Well, we can provide that as Christ followers. We can provide encouragement to people that desperately, desperately need it. And if God chooses to utilize you to mentor someone, whether it's a female or a male, then by all means, don't be afraid of it. If somebody mm-hmm. has said to me, you're going to be a mentor, <laughs> no way, I'm not going to be able to mentor anybody. I can hardly speak to anybody, much less mentor them. And But that's a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. Don't listen to the liar. Listen to God. He's, in, he's in control. And if he says, this is what I want you to do, say, okay, I'm going to need your help, but I'll do it. I'm open. So again, if uh, for everyone listening, go to Amazon.com, look up all the King's boys with the apostrophe, right, Dennis? And then just look up Dennis Bingham. Our Dennis, Our Dennis Bingham. Period, Dennis Bingham, yes. Fantastic, fantastic. There were two um, editions. Um, the one, the first edition is now will say unavailable. If you just go underneath it to the next one, it's, it's the current available one. Awesome. Thank you, Dennis, for being here. Um, for having me yeah I think you've encouraged a lot of people and I think uh, a lot of people watch this and realize this is what I need and I need a mentor I may need to mentor people and this book uh, has a lot of great things that will draw you closer to God so thank you everyone and uh, again you know where to get it and you can go to madeitchangetheworld.com for more yeah thank you Dennis made to change the world great book great book thank you Thank, Thank you, you everybody. Thank you. Bye.